0: Some of the free shows this season include Iz Melvin Seals, War and Treaty, Sunny War, Chali Tuna, and more. To RSVP for free shows and buy tickets, plus see the full concert schedule, go to levittdenver.org. That's levittdenver.org. Today on CityCast Denver. The city is still reeling from Mayor Johnston's Friday decision to slash the city budget to cover the cost of supporting the migrants, or should I say new immigrants? Producer Paul Crowley and I are talking about the escalating tensions around these newcomers and how we talk about them. Plus, Denver Zoo's big new expansion and your questions and comments. Today is Tuesday, February 13th. I'm Bree Davies, and here's what Denver's talking about.
1: First things first, we should be—we uh, should give our, some new listeners a warm welcome. Hi! Um, we just got some nice press uh, from our friends at 5280 Magazine, put us on a nice list of the 24 best podcasts of 2024. Um, one, thank you all at 5280 Magazine for doing that. Um, but yeah, new listeners who found us through that, welcome to the show. So glad you're here.
0: Yeah, thanks for tuning in and listening to us. Thanks to 5280, our friends who also let us use their space every week.
1: Shout out. They're Shout out so to nice. the folks of 5280. Um, Bree. Yeah. You ha- you wanted to talk about AI, shockingly. <laughs> I did. It's the first time this has happened. I know. I'm curious. What's I, up?
0: It was just, I was just listening to On the Media as the meta things we do as journalists, which is a podcast about the media.
1: Mm-hmm. Sure. Got to keep up.
0: But they were talking about this guy that was buying up old blog sites like the Frisky... I'm trying to think of some other, there was just this boom in the 2010s of independent-ish websites publishing all sorts of, all sorts of stuff, news stuff, like personal blog, you know, like first person things. I wrote for quite a few of Mm -hmm. these. Um, But what he's doing is these are long defunct, no longer funded websites. They don't exist anymore, but they had a pretty loyal, but small following. But this gentleman is buying them and uh, filling them with AI created content, like how huh. to interpret your dreams was one of the articles. And so, then it's like a a prompt he gives and then it builds an article and he puts it on the website. So it's like a weird. web, it's a track, you know, it's a click thing. It's a trafficking thing. But
1: is he trying to like match the old tone and like brand at all Not or is it just really. like it's just content no. just it's for just the content. sake of content but okay. it looks
0: like it's still a functioning website run by human beings when it's really just one guy who's actually a dj in serbia which is a whole other part of that story but what <laughs> it made me think about is we are having these conversations mm-hmm. all the time about ai in newsrooms and I mean, look at the last year we've lost, Sports Illustrated basically folded, LA Times, GQ is consuming Pitchfork, and there's just all these places where we're not seeing people creating uh, or talking about the news in the way that we do. And I just felt like it was such a cool pitch for us to say, you can tune in every day and support us doing this as human beings, yeah, not as AI chat." Bot prompts.
1: <laughs> real, real humans real that humans. would like to be a little bit more adept at the technology aspects of AI and maybe take advantage <laughs> of it, but are not doing that. We're not and doing that. And that's a that. promise.
0: Yeah. So you can go to membership.citycast.fm and for as little as $8 a month, you can support what we do here. And I don't know, it just felt like a nice way for for us to say, this is something that we do that that we hope that you value. And if you do, you can show us by joining and being a member today. It's so cool.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so memberships, membership.citycast.fm is the place to go. And we're going to have that link in our show notes. But Bree, yeah. it's time to talk about the news. Yes. First is the zoo. Big news from the Denver Zoo. Yeah. Uh, they just announced a major acquisition. Um, now, in addition to their 84 acre location in City Park, they're going to be opening a 570 acre, a huge, huge, conservation center. Eventually it's going to be a conservation center focused on conservation breeding and wild reintroduction of species that are threatened or endangered. They have a whole multi-phase plan here, Bri. Um, What do you make of this?
0: It sounds cool to me. It sounds like, you know, we did a story a couple of years ago where we went and visited the Denver Zoo to see what they were all about. I mean, beyond just what we see as consumers or members mm. of the zoo. And this feels right in line with their mission conservation, um, helping protected species. And this just sounds like a lot of open space for animals to
1: do just that. A lot, a lot, a lot. You know, the wild animal sanctuary in Keensburg? Yes. That was my first thought when I saw this news. I was like, are they stepping on their turf a little bit? Is this like, is there some competition here? Wouldn't we just, I just think it's more, the more the merrier. You think?
0: Yeah, we need... uh, uh, Well, they have very different
1: philosophies on animal um, enclosures, you know, the, the, the sanctuary, I think they would say that they're a little bit more, they would probably say they're more liberal, you know, in giving animals more space. And whereas the zoo, I think is more focused on breeding too.
0: That is a part of it that I don't, I don't feel qualified to talk about, but it is interesting because I know it is a component of what they do at the zoo. Um, I think the difference though, is the zoo's 84 acre location in city park is in the middle of the city. It's an outgrowth of sort of a, the Victorian era of parks yeah. with zoos in the middles of cities. And I like that the Denver Zoo is getting another space outside of that to continue uh, taking care of animals where they actually have more space.
1: Although, how do you feel about this line from Nine News? Uh, the Lemke family, which I, it seems like they donated the money or maybe or the, the space in Weld County. Yeah. Um, the Lemke family preserve will not be open to the public.
0: I thought that was kind of a bummer, but then it's like I guess if you want to see that, that's all the more reason to go to the sanctuary. If you want to see for animals sure. in that environment, versus what they do at the zoo, it still kind of shows that there's a different experience between the Denver Zoo and the Wildlife Animal Sanctuary.
1: Yeah, I, I would say uh, for now, it's not open to the public. Yeah, I, I agree. wonder if that changes as this thing develops and grows, and like, and they figure out what they want to use this for. It it's kind of so new. It's so new.
0: It kind of reminds me of the Botanic Gardens having sort of a satellite at Chatfield. It's like right. Their main focus is the one the the main one where people can go to is the one in the city, but eventually maybe the zoo will do something with programming wise yeah. out there. Yeah. I don't see why they wouldn't. Yeah.
1: There's the flagship M&M store in Times Square, but then there's the M&M's factory, which also would be fun to visit, but is not necessarily it's for not the for public. Vi- it's
0: not built for visiting. Yeah. It's not been designed.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's exactly the metaphor I was thinking of. Paul. You read my mind. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by the Colorado Wine Board
1: is the fallout from Mayor Mike Johnson's announcement on Friday of budget cuts for the Parks and Rec Department and the DMV. Um, yesterday on the show, you spoke with Obed Manuel, the editor of Denverite, briefly about what led to this decision, the congressional deadlock, the influx of folks coming from Venezuela uh, over the last year and a bit, um, the estimated $180 million the city could spend this year supporting these folks. Um but let, let's start by digging more into the cuts, because we did not really talk about that yesterday. Yeah. What are these cuts, Brie?
0: You know, I, I do want to add this little bit of context that the mayor said um, in The Colorado Sun quoted him saying, the budget cuts announced amount amount to just one fortieth of what the influx of newcomers will cost the city. So these are just very, very, very preliminary budget cuts. However, we, we are still going to see and feel this. Um, rec centers will be closed one day a week. Again, we have to remember rec centers serve so many purposes in community. Um, not only are they an employer in our neighborhoods, um, they have after school programs, they have programs for seniors, they have programs for people with disabilities, they have programs for families. So closing a rec center one day a week can have a big impact in a neighborhood.
1: Yeah, it's an equity issue. Absolutely, that's what I kept thinking about over Same. the weekend. The the cut that Who's getting kept hurt? getting me. Come, I kept coming back to this because the the fact that the city's not going to be planting flowers in flower beds. Like, maybe that feels like a small thing. I don't even know if I could have told you we paid for that a week ago as a city. But the fact that that's not going to happen, I feel like, you know, rich neighborhoods, those are people going to have beautiful yards. But maybe in poor neighborhoods, the only place that you could have seen, you know, some nice, beautiful flowers was going to be the rec center.
0: Well, and even also, these are just public spaces. These are just shared public spaces where we get to you know, especially maybe you live in an apartment and you don't have a flower bed or it's just something that we get to share as a community. And I mean, I don't know. I'm just thinking about, I I can think of five different parks right now where I know what the flower beds look like every year. Mm. It's a big deal. Which Um, one's got the best? I mean, obviously Wash Park. You think? I think so. It's got the most, it's got that beautiful, it's almost like a it's nice. maze you could walk through. I mean, Alamo Placida I was Park gonna say is Alamo my Placida. favorite.
1: Yeah, that that's park is built around the flowers. It's practically a showcase for flowers exclusively.
0: We took our wedding photos there for nice. that very reason. But I'm thinking, like, oh man, if I was getting married this summer, that's not going to be an option. Damn. Which seems like a small thing, but it is just like part of the benefit of a beautiful city, yeah. right? And um, But also beyond yeah, that, what else? no full-time employees will lose their jobs, but hourly and seasonal work may be impacted at the rec centers, which again, hmm. rec centers are an employer. Um, no more in-person vehicle registration at DMVs and satellite offices will alternate closing one week at a time. I mean, again, not big in this moment, but in the scheme of things, that's kind of not a good sign, hmm. right? Yeah. Um, Well, it
1: says something about our priorities. It says something about Mayor Mike Johnston's priorities, I think.
0: I can't imagine being in his position right now trying to figure out what these things are that we could possibly cut.
1: I mean, we know that they've had this in mind. They knew it might be coming for a month or two um, while they waited for the immigration bill to go through Congress. Obviously, it failed. So, yeah, now it's getting real. I don't know. I think we might see more as well. I think so, he too. He warned of that on Friday. And, um, yeah, based on that, like 140th figure you quoted, uh, although we don't know how many more migrants, yeah. newcomers Because are this coming. is
0: such a, you know, it's just a situation where we, everything is different every day. It's So unclear. we don't know.
1: We don't know. How do you feel like Denverites are reacting to the cuts? Because I, I had a lot of interesting conversations about this over the weekend.
0: I did too. I did too. But I'm also thinking like, I'm in more liberal leaning circles. I also, I was at a, a holiday, a post-post-holiday party of my urban planning folks who are people mm-hmm. that think about city structure all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of folks concern that I heard was, is this going to be taken out on the people that we see visibly in the street? The migrants. Like frustration. Yeah. yeah. And and I was thinking about, there was a piece, uh, Westwards, Benito Kelty talked to a gentleman who was part of this, The you know, he arrived here recently from Venezuela. His name mm-hmm. is Raul Mendoza. And he said, if the city's going to cut its budget, it's going to affect everyone and bother citizens. And I ask for forgiveness for that. But from the human perspective, we're in the streets, sleeping with clothes on top of us. We haven't bathed. We wash up and look for a little bit of warmth in a Wendy's or a Walmart. We need help. If we had work, we'd help ourselves. It's tough and we're responsible for the situation we're in, but we're humans. I'm sorry. And mm-hmm. it just made me think about, we look at this as a bigger, pe- you know, hundreds of people. But when we focus in on one person and hear one person's story, it just makes me realize this is really humans having to figure out who we get to help and who we don't, mm-hmm. you know? So
1: mm-hmm.
0: what did you, what did you
1: hear, Paul? Um, mm-hmm. More mixed, more mixed. Some there wa- I did have an interesting exchange with a friend over texts. Uh, this person was expressing some frustration about the budget cuts, about being denied access to things, um, and and this person again was like not not optimistic for Mayor Mike's political future as well. As a result, because there's probably I mean a lot of people out there are probably upset about this losing losing access to these services that we we paid for.
0: Yeah. I again, I don't admire him. He's in a really tough situation. He he came in after 12 years of one administration, had some big plans. And then there's this other thing that occurs as happens in cities. You can't control it. You don't know what's going to happen. And I don't. Yeah, I don't know. So much is uncertain.
1: One thing I will say for Mayor Mike, though, is it seems like he's really thrown himself at this. Like I think he's not hiding. He, he's I've, well, something I've learned about him in the last year and a half of, since like the, the mayoral race really started is he seems like a really ambitious person, but he attaches his ambitious, his ambitions to really big problems. Like his whole thing in the campaign was focusing on our unhoused problem and he came up with this really detailed, thoughtful plan. He seemed like he really did the research. I think that's what attracted a lot of voters to him. I feel like he's doing the exact same thing with this current situation around newcomers arriving in our city. Like he so has too. he has thrown himself at it. He's put his face on it. He's put his name on it. He's gone to Washington. He's really led among mayors around the country. I saw he's doing this live stream with The Washington Post on Wednesday. He's like trying he's making a play for national attention around this. So it's, it's ambitious, but it's also behind behind like a sense of um, of purpose, I think. I think so
0: too. And again, I, he's not a hard person to find, I'll say. I was at the Farry Center over the weekend for Lunar New Year oh, yeah? and he was there. Hanging out? Yeah, he was hanging out. He was doing part of, you know, up, Governor Polis was there. Uh, Representative DeGette was there. We've had several city council members were there. So it was definitely, part of it was this was the first year that Lunar New Year was recognized as a
1: city, oh, as I a know. holiday, which nice. was cool. Yeah. But
0: all I'm saying is like it's not hard to find him. He's out there. He's in the city. He's trying to figure things out. What was what he wearing
1: is? his jacket? Of of course he was. It was. Yeah. It
0: was snowing. <laughs> it was beautiful. Also, by um, the way, so much fun.
1: So You know, not every, uh, not every city, <laughs> not every municipality is handling this the way Denver and our mayor Johnston is handling this um, yeah. across the whole country. But even in Denver suburbs, there was this conflict in Lakewood. Yes. Um, what's happening in Lakewood, Bree? So
0: last week there was a group called Lakewood Concerned Citizens. At least that's the name that was on the permit to uh, use a, a space in a school to bring the community together who wanted to talk about this issue of is Lakewood trying to be a sanctuary city, essentially. Um, And mayor Wendy Strom of Lakewood told Fox 31 quote, I would like to make it very clear that city council has never in my time sitting on council has never had a conversation around becoming a sanctuary city, but this is what folks were concerned about. Um, And hundreds of people showed up to this, to this meeting. Um, And so Again, it, it sounds like the the City of Lakewood has made several statements about it since, but they're repeating over and over again, we are not trying to be a sanctuary city. We are we the concern I think came from City of Lakewood meeting with the city of Denver. Why are they meeting? And it was uh, like okay. maybe to just figure out what's going on in Denver. How are nonprofits to deal with this kind of stuff handling it? Um, but there was just I think a lot of information and misinformation floating around on um on Facebook and other social media, and uh, the city of Lakewood put out a couple of statements. One of them said, no council member proposed housing migrants arriving uh, in Denver in the vacant Jeffco public schools, which the city of Lakewood does not own manage operator control. So, that's so there e- has
1: been a rumor going around. Exactly.
0: That's an example of one of these rumors. So, um, yeah,
1: people were upset. That's that's interesting though. It's not far off. Like I remember back during the early days of the pandemic, they were they were setting up cots in rec centers, sure, um, for for folks who, who needed a place to sleep. <sighs> interesting. So, do you feel like this sanctuary city conversation is like uh, a way of of way of talking about how to dedicate taxpayer money, like like Mayor Johnston is doing, like rearranging priorities and and figuring out where to where to put the money? Is that for what sure. they're actually arguing about?
0: Yeah, I mean, because I, I assume that folks in Lakewood are seeing, again, what we just went through, budget cuts, right? Hmm. So if their conversations in their city government is saying sanctuary city is something that they had wanted to be or do, then I could see where people would have those concerns. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it is. Yeah, there's a little there's a little subtext going on there. There's
1: clearly some tension.
0: It's interesting.
1: Um, and the more big decisions that put people pit people against each other yeah. that the mayor has to make, that the city has to make. I, I suspect that kind of tension is going to grow.
0: We will see. We'll see what Lakewood does though. But they have promised so far that they are not entertaining any idea of a sanctuary city okay. label and they are not, they are very clear that they are not attempting to offer housing in Lakewood. That was a quote. <laughs> so city okay. council is not trying to house people, <laughs> but that was like a direct quote. So.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Very yeah. much on the other end of the spectrum.
0: Uh, very different from what's happening in Denver, for sure. Yeah. So we always love hearing from you about the things you care about. And every Tuesday we share a comment or an answer to one of our questions that that's come through the CityCast Denver hotline. Uh, this time, I think it's, this was an almost immediate response we got from folks. We had this conversation with Obed, like you said, at Denverite about the word migrants. And Denverite and CPR and KRCC have made this intentional shift to stop using migrants and use new immigrants. And we asked you all what you thought about that because we ourselves are thinking about how we, yeah. how we talk
1: about it. And we this. need help.
0: Yeah. So what did we, what did we hear, Paul?
1: Um, well, so far that episode's only been live for a few hours now as we record this, but we have already heard some responses. Um, here's, here's a comment on YouTube from Leland L. We should be saying illegals. Um, Leland wasn't the only one to, to say something like that. Um, someone else wrote in to say new immigrant is more accurate. Thank you for this episode to clear up things and be transparent about the wrestle your newsroom is having. Um, yeah, doing our best. Um, thanks for writing in. Here's one. Uh, someone says immigrants are immigrants. I don't see the need for new, um, the word new attached. The qualifier. Yeah. Um, just that word may make people agitated.
0: I thought that was an interesting comment, though, is like what makes people agitated as to where some folks that are just throwing out the word illegal is like, this is what you should do. Like that immediately agitated me. So (laughs) words agitate us in different ways.
1: Yeah. This whole conversation (laughs) has got me interested about like why, where that term illegal came from in the first place. When did that start happening? When did we start referring to people coming across the border as illegal?
0: I remember. I mean, I feel like it's so 90s to me. It feels like illegal alien. I remember hearing a lot as a kid. For sure. Um. Sure. Which I can't even say or read now without being like, like we said that, but
1: Yeah. Clearly- I mean, hear, hearing a lot of people talk about like the impact those terms have on, on them, on them like, as growing humans. up. You know, hearing hearing that about yourself. Yeah. Um obviously that's not the term we'll be, be using um, going no. forward. But the new immigrant versus migrant thing, that's that's interesting. I think there was an interesting case Obed made. Where where are you at with it, Bree?
0: I am always inclined to listen to the communities directly impacted on what they prefer. And I think Obed made a great case for that as a person who has experienced this directly, something I could never experience myself. Um, and so I'm more inclined to go with new immigrant, but um, I also know that language is so fluid and changes all the time. And I just think about how much language has changed in my lifetime. Things that we use, like I was just saying illegal alien versus yeah. new uh, you know, a newcomer. Um, so I- I'm, I'm inclined to go with what, what Obed said, because it feels that's most the community that's like the most community rooted way. But I also am open to the conversation continuing because I just I don't think that it's, it's ever going to stop. It's very fluid. But Paul, I want to hear what you think, because I think you had a very different reaction to what Ovid and I talked about.
1: Well, I, I see a few different aspects of this. Um, I'm with you in that I don't think migrant feels quite right. Like a hearing, hearing from him, hearing what that word has meant to him, I get it. You know, there's a little bit of an inflection to that word that doesn't feel entirely right. It feels like, there's some kind of hostility or like, you know, maybe you're, people are using that word and they're hoping the person's going to move on. You know, that that aspect of the definition where it's like whether or not they're settled or not, a person who is a, a migrant or, or part of this group, um, that resonated with me. So I don't love the term migrant anymore, personally. Um, new immigrant, I'm not sure about. New immigrant, I just feel like kind of opens up a whole nother can of worms like who's a new immigrant? I didn't I didn't find his answer satisfying on what makes a new immigrant and then the, by implication an old immigrant?
0: Yeah, what is the other kind or is there a, you know, a different not level of or time you've been here or what your intentions yeah. are? I don't know. These are all things I would think I've never been asked that question as my like how long do you plan on staying here? Yeah. No one's ever asked me that. So same. I, you know what I mean? And so I can't imagine putting Putting that feeling into a word on somebody.
1: Yeah. Like I, um, when I was a kid, my family moved to Canada for sure. a few years. We immigrated to Canada with the intention of staying there. A few years later, moved back to the United States. Same thing. Immigrated to the United States. Am I a new immigrant? What kind of immigrant am I? Sure. You know, I've been here for like 25 years now. I am a, I have my citizenship. I'm a dual Canadian citizen.
0: What is that? Yeah. So where do you fall?
1: I don't know. I don't, I don't particularly, yeah. So new immigrant, I just, doesn't feel quite right to There's me. There's just it feels, some clarity missing there or maybe. Yeah. I, I understand what they mean by it. It's very specific about this particular group, I think.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I don't love new immigrant. I like newcomer. Newcomer. The word the mayor's been using and some of the more progressive folks on council. Newcomer feels broader to me. It feels less judgmental. And it also, it already has a precedent. It exists. Like, Helen Thorpe, that great local writer reporter, wrote a book called *The Newcomers* about the, oh, the English right. as a Second Language program at South High School.
0: But it also just makes you think too about all the different kinds of people that are new to the city, which is an ongoing conversation we yeah. have here, right? The yeah. transplant conversation.
1: Well, that's another good word we didn't even discuss. <laughs> no, we
0: didn't. <laughs> we didn't. But like, it, it, you know, it, it brings to mind something for everybody's yeah. maybe picture of what a transplant is different. But how is this different? What are these? terms mean something else too i think um as we continue to have this conversation as a show and as a newsletter how we address it is a little different than a uh a newsroom where they're looking at headlines every day yeah
1: our practicalities are different
0: yeah so I, i i feel like we have a little bit more um fluidity with what we choose to do we're think? also talking about it versus writing about it.
1: Yeah. I don't want to, po- I don't want to like tell any guests on our show that they need to use a different word. I feel like right. people can use what the words they want. And if they're being unclear, we'll follow up with them and ask them to clarify. We do need a word that we use in like the tops of the shows, the show's descriptions. Yeah. But I, I think we need more feedback from yeah, folks. I, I... I don't think this conversation's over.
0: Oh yeah. No, hardly. I would love to hear what, what our listeners think, because they're the ones listening to us talk about it all the time. So. Yeah. Well, you can call our always open, uh, I think I think I called it, I don't remember what I called it, it's the, the CityCast Denver Style Guide Hotline. The
1: Humanitarian Style Guide Humanitarian
0: Hotline. Style Guide Hotline, 720-500-5418. You can uh, leave us a voicemail, which we love, but you can also text us if you are not inclined to to talk to us directly. We just want to hear from you. Again, that number is 720-500-5418. Well, Paul, thanks for joining me.
1: See you next time. See ya.
0: That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed this show, why not take a minute to tell your friend who lives in Lakewood about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter and learn more about us at denver.citycast.fm. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye bye. I need a, I need a, I need a, I need a list of your hand signs if we're gonna do hand signs.